The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Owers from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab by now. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. We are live on the Boiler Breakdown simulcast on Twitter and Facebook. After some technical difficulties, it is definitely a Monday, but we're happy to be here. We're happy to cover some Purdue football and some Purdue basketball. I'm Tanner Lee, alongside my co-hosts, Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler. Besides the technical difficulties, how's it going, guys? Not too bad. How about you, Tan? Can't complain. Can't complain. I'm um, frustrated. <laughs> uh, understandable. Very understandable, Andrew. But hey, we're here. We're ready to rock and roll. And as always, the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Shroff Landscaping Nurseries. You can contact them at 574-223-2769. Even though it is getting cold outside, they're still doing landscaping. And landscape design is a big thing. They will be pushing in the winter when it gets too cold to do much outside. So give them a call at 574-223-2769 for all of your landscaping needs. Well, fellas, I don't know about you, but I felt really odd not watching any Purdue football over the weekend. Yeah, I definitely felt the same. Um, I kind of forgot college football existed for a minute. Because I was at the I was at the basketball game and I was like, oh yeah, there's still college football on. Yeah, I uh, and, and I've told you guys this. I haven't watched besides Purdue. I haven't watched really any college basketball yet this season. Mm-hmm. So I've still been in football mode and I watched a lot of college football over the weekend. It just felt weird not watching the not watching Purdue at all. But got a root against Indiana and Notre Dame, <laughs> so I went one for one on those over the weekend. But. Um, and now, now Purdue, Purdue football is back this week after a bye week, a much-needed bye week, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they get the opponent that has given them more problems than anybody. Our favorite. That, that's the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, and and uh, <laughs> looking back, Wisconsin has beaten Purdue every year since 2003. Shout-out to Ben Jones. Yes, Ben Jones out of the college game day game up at Camp Randall. Uh, the only two years Purdue didn't play them, I believe, was 07, 08. Mm-hmm. Like that, Wisconsin has beaten Purdue every single year. But all good things or bad things from a Purdue standpoint must come to an end. Could it be this weekend, Evan? Oh, man. <laughs> let's, let's, just go, let's go to the back, back from 04 on. Uh, of course, I think anybody who's been a Purdue fan for any time can remember the 04 college game day, Orton fumble game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the Purdue program really <laughs> had, have to say anything about that? hadn't been the same since. Let's just put yeah. it that way. I mean, ranked, ranked number five, and then, uh, and then wasn't it? Out. Were they four and we were five, or vice versa? What, what? I think they were higher. I think they might have been nine. Hmm. I'm not sure though. You could be right. It was it was a good matchup. Yeah. I know that. And, and it looks like Andrew is having technical difficulties <laughs> again. So I don't know if he's gonna be in tonight or, or out or, or what's going on. Um, 
Well, we're hoping to have him back here soon. But anyways, going back to the Wisconsin series, in 04, Purdue lost at home 20-17. to They went mm-hmm. up to Madison in 05, lost 31-20. Oh six, they lost at home 24-3. to I do remember that because P.J. Hill ran all over Purdue. That was one of those years Purdue didn't play Michigan or Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So they thought um, they could get going. And uh, it didn't didn't happen. Um, and then uh, in 09, they lost 37-0. I remember that game in Danny Hope's first year. I don't they, remember that game. Probably a good thing. Then they lost at home 34-13. to But Purdue was winning at halftime, led by quarterback Sean Robinson. <laughs> uh, the second half just didn't go very well. 2011 was very ugly up at Camp Randall, 6-17. <laughs> Uh, 2012, 38 to 14, and Ross Sade, Monte Ball ran all over Purdue that game. I feel like for these running backs, you said run all over, you just cut the name and pay someone else's name. Just gonna You're exactly right. Over. You're exactly right. But <coughs> when we get to Jonathan Taylor, I, I think he is the best one since Ron Dane. I think he is better than PJ Hill, um, Melvin Gordon, Monte Ball, and um, James White. Which are all great, phenomenal college running backs. Some of them have even had good pro careers. Yeah. But uh, then in uh, 2000 and uh, where am I? 2013, Purdue lost uh, 41 to 10 up at Camp Randall. Lost 34 16 to have 14 at home. 24 to 7 up at 2015. Uh, 49 to 20 2016. And then the last two years under Jeff Brom, Purdue lost up at Madison 17 to 9, and in triple overtime last year at home. 47 to 44. That was a chance. That was definitely uh, Purdue's best chance that they've had at least in a, in a long time. Um, but I don't know. That's why they play the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at college basketball. Evansville knocked off number one Kentucky. Um, right. But but the thing going against Purdue is Wisconsin's already been heavily favored. They're 24 Point favorites against Purdue this upcoming weekend. They were 31-point favorites earlier this season going into Illinois, and Illinois shocked the world and beat them. Just can't see it happening twice to Wisconsin in the same season. No, they'll be – I mean, yeah, it's kind of those things where <clears throat> they slipped up the one time and just come at the right time, right place, and, yeah, I don't see that happening again. So, it'll be a tall task. And it probably didn't help uh, Purdue's case that uh, Minnesota lost – to mm-hmm. Iowa because now Wisconsin can be focused and if they beat Purdue and beat comes on the next week and beat um yeah Minnesota mm-hmm. the, then they go to the uh, Big Ten championship so yep but Purdue's got a lot to play for too Purdue's playing for their bowl lives um, yeah backs up against the wall but they're, they're still they're still playing so um some of the Notes here. It's a four o'clock Fox game, so it's a national game. Four o'clock is the latest time slate in the Big Ten. Could be a good thing or could be a really bad thing. Um, Wisconsin, as you can probably assume, after I went over those numbers, they lead the all-time series, forty-nine twenty-nine to eight. I was surprised it was that big because Wisconsin was really bad in the seventies, mm-hmm. so I was surprised at the series. But well, then again, Wisconsin's won the last every time in the last thirteen years. I mean, we were eleven years old. The last time Purdue beat Wisconsin, to put it in uh, terms. Um, led by Jonathan Taylor. I feel like we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Even um, in the weeks not even upcoming to this game, we've talked about Jonathan Taylor a lot. But mm-hmm. he's having a phenomenal year, junior campaign. Uh, so far, he's rushed for more yards through his junior year, which isn't even over yet. That anybody in see a history, he passed Herschel Walker over the weekend. He has 233 carries for 1,485 yards and 17 touchdowns and also four receiving touchdowns on the year. Don't know how Purdue's going to stop this guy. No, considering last year he uh, – He torched Purdue last year. If this is right, I'm looking at ESPN's game log. Uh, 33 carries for 321 yards, three touchdowns. Does that sound right? Yep. Yeah, he went off in the second half. Uh, let's see. Let's go back to uh, 2017. He did uh, – Let's see, 30 carries for 219 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, I think, um, I think what Purdue's got <coughs> on doing is slowing him down or yeah. containing him. I don't think they can because you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna just stop him. It's not gonna yeah. happen. 
Um, but I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that. I don't know who's going to be healthy and who's not going to be playing mm -hmm. for Purdue yet. Um, we didn't find it a lot out today by Jeff Brom's press conference on the injury front. Um, he did sound more optimistic on Neil and Moore's status than recent weeks, but still it wasn't a glowing, they're going to play. Yeah. More of a, they could practice tomorrow. I want to see how they do. Yeah. Uh, but man, Purdue could get just one of those guys, if not both of them back, that would be huge. Is there one you'd prefer? Rondale. <laughs> Even though, of all people, of all matchups, Lorenzo Neal might be needed more than yeah, any I'd say Lorenzo's by far needed more in this game. But at least maybe Rondell, even the next game too. I don't know. I mean, I know. I, yeah, yeah. I know Rondell hasn't played since that Minnesota game dating back in September. But at least he did have a few games under his belt, whereas mm -hmm. Lorenzo hadn't played at all. And there's such theme as game rust, so yep. we couldn't expect either one of them to come out and probably play great. But yeah. just to have Rondell be be even a decoy for David yep. Bell or maybe even. Jared Sparks, but I don't know if he's going to be back this week. Yep. It sounds like his high ankle issue is just not going away. Um, but maybe they'll get, you know, um, Cornell Jones back this week or uh, some other guys on the defensive end. So. Yeah, I'm all for getting as many defensive guys back as we possibly can, really, mm -hmm. before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Then yeah. looking at other players on Wisconsin, they have actually a pretty good quarterback, Jack Cohn. Mm-hmm. Probably better than any recent quarterback they've had. He's still more of a game manager, but he will take uh, a deep shot every now and then, run some play action. Uh, they feel confident having him pass the ball on third down. He's 166 completions on 230 attempts for the year, 13 touchdowns, only three picks. See right there. See, I think if Purdue has any chance, they have to get out, out to a lead and force some turnovers on Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. But Taylor does – have some fumbling issues at times. That's how Illinois beat them. Mm -hmm. um, they they have, I think, Wisconsin turned over four or five times, if I'm not mistaken, that game. Illinois is also really good at forcing turnovers. So that's, that's a bit You're, right. Difference. You're right. Um, <clears throat> so it, it, that makes me a little nervous. Uh, Quintez, uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Cepus, I think is how you say his last name, their sure. wide receiver. He, he's the best wide receiver, 35 receptions for 527 yards, four touchdowns. Jake Ferguson, that's 24 receptions for 280 yards, two touchdowns, and A.J. Taylor, 21 receptions, 257 yards, and two touchdowns. So they spread the ball out a little bit, but it's still mm -hmm. your normal Wisconsin ground and pound. Uh, the big the big hefties up front, <laughs> big farm boys. Um, I, I don't know how Purdue's pass rush is going to get through and put any pressure on Colma. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea how our offensive line is going to hold up. <laughs> I'm more confident in them than I am the defensive line getting through. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. the offensive line's been playing better as yep. of late. You're right. Um, but unfortunately, you know, Wisconsin's defense has been spotty at times this year. They struggled against Nebraska last week, but the two games they've really struggled, Ohio State and Nebraska, what do those two teams have? Justin Fields and Adrian Martinez, both mobile quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Aiden O'Connell's not a mobile quarterback. You're not wrong. So, I mean, that's when I kind of wish we had Jack Plummer. Who yeah, is okay. mobile, but um, – it just – it is what it is, really. You know, we can't can't do anything about it. And if Aiden O'Connell was to pull off this upset, you start building a statue. <laughs> uh, Give him a scholarship at that point if he hasn't he hasn't deserved it already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it, for anybody that is watching our simulcast on Twitter and Facebook, feel free to ask questions, drop in comments, anything you want, and we'll, uh, we'll answer them as we go. So um, – yeah, I just think the keys of the game to produce, of course, limit the, your own turnovers, force mm -hmm. turnovers, and get out to a lead. You cannot, you cannot. Um, uh, uh, what, what we can't have Penn State again, where they got where we got down what like twenty one. Yeah, nothing, was, right off the bat. I was even say you can't afford to get down fourteen nothing like you did against the yeah. Northwestern. Northwestern yeah. is not a good football team. This mm -hmm. is a really good football team in Wisconsin, who's eight and two. Mm -hmm. Number 14th in the country and still has a good shot winning the Big Ten West. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's, but that's why they play the game. Uh, do you feel good about Purdue at least covering the 24 point spread? I don't which could know. Change, which could change. I, could change. I, I would like to think if Vegas found out that Ronda Moore and Lorenzo Neal are playing, mm -hmm. then it's going to drop. 
I think we can cover that just because I'm kind of hoping that they just run the ball a lot and we can just hopefully contain them to a mm-hmm. point. But I don't know. I feel like he ran over some of our better defenses in the past, and now that yeah. we're a little spotty, I don't know. Maybe yeah, Ben Holt can just have a monster game. We'll see. He's had a pretty monster year. I know there's yeah. a lot of guys in Knuckles at Central who have been hard on Ben Holt, but I'm thinking, man, where would this defense be if it wasn't for Nick Holt? No kidding. Nick Holt, Ben Holt. Every week I want to call him <laughs> I thought I wish we could get some pads on Nick Holt, defense coordinator, and just get him out. No there. kidding. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm, You know, until, until a fat lady sings and – Produced out of bowl any contention for a bowl game. I'm I'm gonna have hope. Yeah, the fact that we've made it this far is pretty exciting. I just want to see the guys fight and compete yep. and give it their all and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think they will. I think oh, they've yeah. gone too far not to. Um, but we'll see. So, we want to pick some games. Yes, sir. Around the Big Ten and in the top twenty-five, got a good slate of games uh, for the mm-hmm. uh, for the Big Ten this week. Let me pull them up here. Not for the SEC, though. This is about time. When... SEC's bye week, pretty much this week for the most part. Yeah. Um, of course, we got Purdue, Wisconsin. Um, let's go ahead and pick the game. Wisconsin's 24-point favorites. <sighs> hate to do it, but I'm picking Wisconsin, but I don't think they cover. I'll agree with you. I think uh, I think Purdue can at least keep it within 21. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Wisconsin extends the streak of just being a – One more year. Thorn in the side of the Boilermakers, so yep. hope they can snap that soon. Got the college game day game of the week, the game of the week in the Big Ten, the Fox Big Noon game. Number Not nine. only that, but you got Fox and you got game day there. So it's... And the Big Ten Network. Oh, I know All that. Three. All three are going to be there. Which yeah, I saw someone on Twitter is going to be like the uh, Anchorman – Street fight between all the news stations. That would be awesome. Money's on court, though. Um, <laughs> you got Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State's an 18-point favorite. I think they cover. I think Ohio State covers. They're freaking good. Oh, no, and that's crazy to me because I agree with you. Yeah. And I think Penn State's really good. Yep. But Ohio State's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I just think they're so focused right now. And I don't – If this not- was that Penn State, I might – Say Penn State would cover, but the fact that it's in the horseshoe, yeah, no Senior chance. Day. Yep. Which, which, you know, you're a big college sports fan. I got a, in a little disagreement earlier with a friend of ours um, about the importance of Senior Day. Mm-hmm. He's his argument was, and, and I can see part of his argument that seniors come out usually too tight on Senior Day. Mm-hmm. But he thought I was putting too much emphasis on the importance of Senior Day when I was making my picks. Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely. I think it definitely plays a factor. I think uh, to you and our friends' uh, point, I think it goes both ways. I think either guys come out super tight, and it can be an issue if they let it become an issue longer than it needs to be. But other times, and that kind of gives them just that extra motivation. So I think it. I think it. I mean, I don't know. If it, I think it really depends on the player if it goes one way or the other. But I think it, I think it's definitely important. I mean, as we played, we both played sports growing up, and. We were in high school. I know senior day meant a lot to me. Even though I didn't play a whole lot, it, it meant a lot. That final game at home. Yeah, I was a my main sport was golf, so it was a little mm-hmm. different. But we still yeah. had a senior night, and you knew it was your last nine hole match at your home mm-hmm. course. So you still wanted to play well, but it wasn't like we really had a crowd or anything or any introductions mm-hmm. or. But yeah, no doubt. So you know, I think it's particularly important if you have a senior quarterback, uh, yep. who's started many years. Um, which we do here in in the two games from now, which we'll pick here in a little bit. So mm-hmm. that, that's why I kind of brought it up. Um, interesting matchup here, and I can't believe I'm calling a Rutgers game interesting. <laughs> you got two Nate Rutgers hosting four and six Michigan State, who just is not playing well at no. all. I don't know what the line is on that game. It doesn't show. I've got twenty and a half. That sounds right. Yeah. God, I don't know if Michigan. Ah, they're playing Rutgers. Twenty and a half, but I'll actually take Michigan State and I'll take them to cover. But I just. Don't think they're playing good. And I honestly think this is D'Antonio's last year. I don't know really? why. I I know Michigan State said they weren't going to fire him. He just looks like a guy who doesn't even enjoy his job anymore. Uh, it, 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 but it's tough, though. He's the all-time winningest coach in program history. It's tough to cut ties there. So yep. maybe he quits on his own. <sighs> Michigan State is definitely winning. I'm trying to figure out if I want to pick them to cover or not. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Because their offense is not good, it, but, but it is, it's Rutgers. What had Rutgers do last week? Oh, they didn't. How many points did they score against Ohio State? They scored 21 against probably their like 20, 23 recruits. 
<clears throat> um, Mission State covers. Why not? Yep. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I just don't see how they don't cover, to be honest. But so. This is why I brought up the senior day. Uh, you got 6-4 Illinois at 7-3 Iowa, but it'll be Nate Stanley's senior day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa's 15-point favorite. Oh, man. Yeah, this is uh... – uh, Iowa has been to Illinois since Lovey got there, as what Wisconsin has been to Purdue. They've just killed Illinois every yeah. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Iowa covers, barely. I agree. Like a 17-point game. 17 or 18, yeah, yeah. maybe 20. I agree. I, I think I was coming up. They are coming off a huge win over Minnesota, though. We'll see mm-hmm. where they're at that. And Illinois has been playing some good ball, but they're coming off a bye week, which sometimes you don't want to have a bye week when you're playing well. So yeah. We'll see. Number eight, Minnesota, coming off that loss to Iowa. Uh, they're rowing their boats down south to Northwestern. I can't believe the line on this game. 13 and a half, Minnesota. That'd be way more than that. I think Minnesota blows them out by like 20 easily, 20, uh, 24. Yep. I think, I think Minnesota covers it pretty easily. I thought that was yeah. about the face to Minnesota. Um, yeah. Because uh, it's not like Minnesota got killed in Iowa. They played pretty darn good. Yeah. Good, PJ Flex an idiot. Well, I mean, yeah, we've, we've established that, but. Yeah. Yeah. He said he'd do it all over again. Um, I, I understand he was trying to check on his player safety, but. He said his players laying there motionless. Yeah, for like a second, then his player got up. He was out there before, like the players around him were there. Yeah, uh, he kind of just lost his <laughs> mind, and it really cost his team. Mm-hmm. And Tanner Morgan suffered a concussion late in the game. I'm not sure what his stats <clears throat> is going to be. Either way, I think I, they say, yeah, I forgot about that. So I mean, it could be factoring into that. Him. Yeah, maybe they're thinking he's not going to play because I don't yeah. know what the who the other kid is. I think the other kid was originally their third string in the spring because Morgan was originally their backup. Their starter broke his foot. Uh, but Tanner Morgan's played really, really well this year. Uh, but I, I think Minnesota covers. Number 15, Michigan, eight point favorites at Indiana. Indiana's seven and three. Michigan's eight and two. This is a 330 ESPN game. Man, this is a tough pick in honesty, all honesty, which I, I, hate, I think man. Michigan covers easy, man. Really? Oh, yeah, the, like easy. Uh, I'm saying 14 to 17. <clears throat> I mean, the tail of the tape recently has been Indiana that plays them tough. And then. Haven't beat them since 1988. Oh. Okay. Michigan leads the all time series like 58 to 9. Not that that always matters because Michigan's historically just really good. Right. But in my honest opinion, Michigan right now is the second best team in the conference. I think they are playing that well right now. I have not. I don't know if I've watched really any of Michigan lately. They have got it going lately. I mean,. just to look at their past few weeks, they beat Michigan State forty-four to ten last week. That's true. Um, oh, just the thing that I just saw on Twitter before we started recording, Shea Patterson basically just saying, "Oh, we know we got one more big game left. We have to play Indiana, but then we're, you know, we're, I, our eyes are on the last game." It's like, man, that is not this. This is not the Indiana team you want to overlook because they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, and. Mm, I, yeah, I think he's just saying that because you're looking at a team that's beat Iowa. <laughs> Darn near beat Penn State at the at, at, during a wideout at Happy Valley, killed Notre Dame, killed Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, Indiana played good at Nebraska when they were disrespected. Um, it's at I home. Think, I think Michigan's got a lot of fans there, though. That's true. I just think they're too talented. I think Michigan I think they cover. But I, I think but, they cover, but I think it's closer. I think it's like a mm, less than. I think it's like a 14 points or less. Yeah, I'm thinking like that 10 to 14 range. <clears throat> Indiana can put up points, but this is a really, really good defense, and I'm really intrigued to watch that Michigan. Well, I won't. We'll be at the bucket game, but the Michigan Ohio State game um, next week. It's also an intriguing mm-hmm. matchup. Got to wonder if that's going to be game day. Would they do back to back Ohio State games? But it's at Michigan next week. So it is the game. So it is the game. So unless they do like Alabama Auburn. Which they could, but yeah. Tua's injury and Auburn's yeah, yeah, losing again kind of took some sting a little. Yeah. And then we got the last Big Ten game we haven't covered yet. You got Nebraska at four and six, who gave Scotty Frost a two year extension at three and seven, Maryland. Nebraska's a five point favorite. Oh, man. I think Nebraska wins in the cover. I think so too. Um, yeah. But 
I think they're worried about Frost potentially leaving. That's why they Seriously? gave him Maybe Florida State? Oh, I don't know why Florida State would be real interested, except he did well in Florida. He recruited well in Florida when he's at Central Florida. Yeah. But the dude's won eight games. In yeah. In Power Five. Two years. In not like, a great yeah. side of the con. I mean, it's better now. I mean, it's better yeah. than people give it credit for. But now I'm glad he's sticking around. <laughs> I love to hate on the guy, but uh, man, they are all about boy wonder. Keep it coming. Yep. So. That wraps up the Big Ten. We'll, we'll pick a couple top twenty-five games here, real quick. Um, number twenty-two, Oklahoma State, seven and three at Morgantown, West Virginia, four and six. West Virginia did upset Kansas State at Kansas State. Oklahoma State, seven and five, or not seven, five, seven and a half point favorites. Uh, I feel like Oklahoma State is right there where Bo Pelini's Nebraska teams used to be: eight and four, nine and three, every single year. I think West Virginia, second week in a row. Ooh, bold. I'm gonna take the Cowboys to cover, win and cover, but I like the boldness there. I, I can't I can't can't hate on that. <laughs> five and five Boston College at number 16, eight and two Notre Dame. Notre Dame's 19 and a half point favorites coming off a shellacking of Navy. Yeah. I did not see that coming. I thought nope. Notre Dame would win, but yeah. I didn't think they would kill Navy by 32 points. I think Notre Dame rolls easily. Oh yeah, easily. Easily on senior day. If they stop AJ Dillon, they don't have to worry about anything else in Boston yep. College. So then this game, see the polls haven't updated my phone yet because Navy's still ranked 23rd. So that's why this game's showing up on my phone. Oh yeah, same. Nine and one SMU at seven and two Navy, unless SMU's gotta be ranked. Uh, but surprisingly, Navy's a three and a half point favorite in this game. Hmm. This could be a really good game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Navy. We're gonna disagree. I think I take Navy, but I think they win by three. I think they they don't cover. I like this SMU team. Their only loss was at Memphis on game day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Sony Dykes is doing a really good job. Watch for him potentially to be an Arkansas coach. Uh, Except it didn't go well when he's at Cal. But you know, like we've mentioned before, you work your way. If you struggle out Power Five, you go down to mid major, do well again, you can get another chance. Mm. So he could be named to watch. You got a six and four Texas at nine and one Baylor. Baylor coming off a, let's be honest, a choke job against a really good Oklahoma team. Baylor's mm-hmm. five and a half point favorites. Think they bounce back? I despise Baylor, so yeah, I hope so. You think Baylor bounces back? No, I think Texas bounced. Oh, te- Texas lost. They both lost. Texas yeah. lost from the last. I'm, saying, I'm sorry, I'm saying Texas. Yeah. I think Texas bounce back, bounces back. If I can talk, it's going to be interesting to see where these two programs' heads are at because Baylor just lost this college game day game when they're up twenty-eight to three, thirty-one to ten, lost. Texas is coming off their fourth loss of the year after a Sugar Bowl win last year. They got to be one of the more disappointing teams in the country. You got to think Texas fans are going to get a little uh, frustrated with Herman a little bit. Yeah. I know one that is. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick Baylor. I okay. Just, I don't know. Do they cover? Yeah. Okay. Five and a half. I, I feel like if you're not going to say by three, probably going to cover. So I'll yeah. say they win by 10. Um, I forgot this one earlier. Texas A&M, seven and three at nine and one, number four, Georgia. Georgia's 13 and a half point favorite. Right now they're in a driver's seat for that four spot, but a lot can change. Yep. Um, who do you I like the, there? I think, I think Georgia. I think they're just trying to make a statement, trying to show how good they are. I think they, I think they cover that. Yeah, I agree. I have not watched much of A and M at all this no. year. Uh, I know they're we're uh, Clemson's second closest game of the year, but uh, yeah, I think Georgia's focus wins at home. Um, and then we'll just go over a couple more here real quick before we talk some basketball. I like this uh, interesting matchup here. Seven and three Temple at nine and one Cincinnati. Cincinnati escaped down at South Florida over the weekend. They escaped at East Carolina a few weeks ago. Do they take care of the Temple Owls at home? Ten point favorites, Cincinnati. I think so. I think they cover. Yeah, I did too. Um, Luke Fickle's a coach. I could see getting a bigger job mm-hmm. after the year. Maybe Michigan State if they want to move on from D'Antonio. Mm-hmm. D'Antonio came from Cincinnati. Cincinnati's always one of those programs that produces. Coaches who go elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, Mark D'Antonio, uh, Brian Kelly, uh, Bush Jones, even. Mm. 
and now uh, Luke Fickle. So, uh, yeah, I like Cincinnati to cover. Uh, Arkansas, number one, LSU. LSU is a 44-point favorite. Arkansas is not good. And LSU is really good. And LSU, I, said, I, I said last week I'm a big fan of this LSU team, so I think they – ooh, man. That is a do lot. You, of, do you even play Joe Burrow more than a quarter? I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, look what you know. Look what happened to Tua, and you got a case not to. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't go in being scared of injuries. No, you can, yeah, you, I mean, you just can't do that. But I think, I think LSU, LSU wins easy. I don't think they cover, but yeah, I, I, I don't think either. I think it's like a thirty-point game. I think they barely don't cover because they pulled their guys so early. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it, this LSU team's hard not to like. Coach O, Burrow seems like a good dude. I think he can strike a Heisman pose. I don't mm-hmm. think he's losing it. I think it's all his. Um, Especially with two going down, I mean, Hurts, yeah. man, Hurts uh, led them back. That was a pretty sweet comeback. Yeah, he's probably them. number two right now. Um, yeah, Justin Fields has played pretty well for Ohio State. Yeah. Chase Young had a case, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he will be back for Penn State, the Penn State game, by the way. Yeah, I think that, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, is uh, um, Burrow seal it. I think with Alabama. And then uh, these three matchups, I won't go over the spreads just so we can move on to basketball, but I'll, I'll just ask you if you see any of these teams losing. Do you see number six, Oregon at Arizona State, number 10, Oklahoma at home against TCU, or number seven, Utah at Arizona, any of those teams losing? No, I don't. I don't either. I think those three teams, in my opinion right now, are going to be fighting for that final four spot in a couple of weeks because I think Georgia will lose to LSU in the SC championship and a two loss Georgia's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my opinion, well, if Alabama loses to Auburn next week, they're out, they're out, two mm-hmm. loss. But my opinion, a one loss Oregon, Pac-12 champ, a one loss Oklahoma, Big 12 champ, or a one loss Utah, Pac-12 champ, have a very strong, in my opinion, compelling argument to get in over a one loss Alabama who doesn't win the SEC. That'd be tough. It would be. I mean, I, I think the only one, hmm, I think the only one that I would f- feel confident could do that would be Oklahoma. Just because the big, I mean, I, I'm just not a believer in the Pac-12 for whatever reason. I don't know, just because I just don't watch their games. But if they're on at midnight. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, I, I have a hard time, even if they don't win the SEC. I have a hard time seeing the ah. I, I guess they wouldn't have Tua. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because the committee's got to take that in consideration. Yeah. Yeah. I guess without Tua, I could see it. But, yeah, I, I just I feel like the, the bias is there for Alabama yeah. so much. And well, they, really and there's so many it. other interesting scenarios. I mean, Ohio State could go down to Penn State, and then you got one loss. Penn State can get themselves right back in the mix. Mm-hmm. You can still have a one-loss Minnesota team. If they run the table and beat an undefeated Ohio State, mm-hmm. they could be in the mix. Uh I don't think a two-loss Michigan, even though mm-hmm. a two-loss Michigan could technically – no, they couldn't. Penn State would still get the tiebreaker over them. Mm-hmm. Never mind. So two-loss Michigan's out. But there's just so many interesting scenarios that can still be played on. That's why I've really enjoyed this college football season. It's mm-hmm. been really interesting. Even a one-loss Baylor could have an argument, which I don't know if a one-loss Big 12 champion Baylor gets in over a one-loss Alabama. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. See how it all plays out. But all right. This is a Purdue focused podcast. Let's get back to Purdue. We've spent a lot of time top, top 25 and other Big Ten matchups. I apologize. But with Purdue having a bye week in football, there wasn't much to talk about besides just previewing the Wisconsin game, which Wisconsin is just it's Wisconsin. Purdue. It's Wisconsin. So now let's talk some boilers on the hardwood. Uh, kind of a rough week for Purdue last week. They split yeah. 101. They lost that Marquette. In a game that saw the Boilers up as many as 18, including a 13-point halftime lead, which is four only scoring 17 points in the second half. And then saw them bounce back against Chicago State, which set and you went to the game, so you can help me out here. But mm-hmm. sounded like it was a very sloppy first half, but then they really got going in the second half and won what was it, 93-49? Something like that. 94-49, something like that. Yeah. But let's go back to the Marquette game. Let's cover that game Why? first. <laughs> We, should, we, we we owe it to the listeners and the people. Yeah, I know. Uh, man, what a frustrating game. Yeah. Um, I think Purdue beat themselves. I don't. I don't. Oh, absolutely. Like Painter even said. Yeah, Coach Painter even said that they just blew, they they blew that game. They blew it. Yeah. 
I mean, it was the different than how they blew it at Texas. Texas was turnovers at the end. Marquette game was a combination of free throws, turnovers, missing bunnies. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I know you, Andrew, and I were texting at halftime. We felt good being up 13, considering no jail, three fouls. Some other guys were in foul trouble. But at the same time, we felt like we should be up 20. Yeah, a so. lot of bunnies. Uh, missed some opics. And considering the fact that, I mean, we're up 13, but I don't think Howard had wasn't having the half that I thought he was going to have. I thought he was going to just go off and just kind of just be a one-man show. But, yeah, just it came to I me. Mean, I was happy to be up by 13. When we got up 18, I was like, holy crap, we're going to run away with this thing. But they kind of went on a little run there at the end. And it just came down to the fact that we just couldn't couldn't put it in the hole when we needed to. Yeah, it's just so frustrating. I haven't yelled at my TV during a game like that in a long time, or at least it feels like a long time. Probably just I was in a hotel, so I was trying to control myself. Yeah, I, I need to, but it's hard. Um, when you go nine for twenty-one from the line, I can't take that. Watch that advantage. No, and that was the thing. Uh, it was just like, man, we are leaving way too many points on the board, or yeah, on the board for them to. I mean, you knew I. I hate the mentality of when. I mean, it happens to every fan base, but we just see it obviously mostly in this fan base because we're fanatics. But um, when teams make a run, it's, oh, my God, how could Purdue blow it? It's like it's college basketball, especially high level. People go on runs. It's just a matter of how can you can you do enough to kind of weather the storm and get through it. And how you do that is by not turning the ball over and making your freaking free throws when you need to. And we didn't do either of those things, and that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, coming out of that game, I'm like the veterans have to step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I thought Pro- I thought Harms and Proctor played pr- okay at least yeah. that night. Besides that, Purdue didn't get anything from Eastern. No, nope. I'm not gonna call Wheeler a veteran yet, even though he's experienced from last year. Mm-hmm. But and Williams, um, and going forward, why we talk about free throws when we're getting right right into the Chicago State game. You know, the guys that have been struggling from the line, Harms, Williams, Eastern, those are going to be the three guys that get to the line the most. Yeah. I mean, you got two inside guys, then you got Eastern. People are just going to foul because they I maybe mean, saw it last year. About halfway through, people were just fouling because they knew. I mean, rather than foul him, then you foul Carson or Klein. Well, actually, Klein didn't really shoot a whole lot of free throws. Don't need to open that wound again. Um, mm. <laughs> but, yeah. But Carson um, was automatic even grady was automatic for the most part um but yeah it's gonna be yeah, those three guys and I, I have the most confidence in harms i, I think he, he, has a lot, he, has, yeah. he has he has a lot better stroke williams i don't i don't know he's, he's got to find it i mean he kind of found it a little bit late last year but yeah i i mean i eastern found it last year so i think it's just a, again that just seeing it go in I, I really think that if, if he if he's if he's got two and he misses that first one, I don't think that second one's going. I think it's uh, he's it is just a big confidence thing. For he's him. so in his own head. I mean, yeah. he's him a warm ups. He'll hit eight or nine in a row, no problem. Yep. Gets in the game, his whole form changes. Yep. And according to you and some other Boiler fans, I didn't go to the game Saturday. He shot some right handed. Mm-hmm. And you wonder if that you just... know you are just way yeah. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. For anything, anything. Yeah. Hey, but you also wonder if that's more like a wrist issue because he had that wrist issue the first couple games. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'd like to see if any of the reporters asked him about it because I didn't even notice it either. Because apparently, I think it happened in the second half, which I I thought it happened in the first. Because the first half, uh, Purdue was coming down on the end that I was sitting at, and like there was an uh, when he was shooting like his first shot, there was an audible like like groan as soon as the the shot went up because his form just had that huge hitch, and like we saw last year, and it was just kind of one of those things like, oh god, here we go again. I'm um, gonna figure this out, and then supposedly people. I saw people. I didn't see on the board. I wasn't just paying attention. Apparently, um, but people on the board are saying that in the second half he shot some uh, right-handed. So, my dad noticed that he did. Okay. Half. So, uh, you know, I saw somebody on the board bring up an interesting topic, and who knows if there's any truth to it. But it was more of just wondering, I guess. You know, when he kind of um, got hurt the wrist a little bit again in the Texas game and couldn't shoot free throws, I believe it was. Yes. Or, or maybe it was the Green – no, the Green Bay game he couldn't do free throws, but somebody said Texas, but maybe whatever, whatever game. Okay. Maybe he was kind of in his head that he didn't want to shoot free throws, so his wrist was mm-hmm. already hurting. He was going to play it off a little bit like it hurt so he couldn't shoot. I don't know. Yeah. That's just yeah, you know, yeah. one of those theories. I hope not, but yeah. But, but what was your assumption of watching the Boilers live Saturday? Um, Again, kind of 
I've heard Brian Newbert say this a couple times on his on his post game podcast, but it was kind of those games where you knew Purdue was going to win, which I kind of forgot going into it. The state that Chicago State was They're in. always one of the worst teams. Yeah, I, mean, I forgot that this was a school that hired their coach in August. <laughs> this was a school that if people are familiar with Mark Titus, who you walk on former walk on at Ohio State. He had kind of had a whole social media campaign of hiring him to be the next Chicago State coach. Just kind of. A yeah. funny campaign. Um, I, I completely forgot about that. Um, they, I, I felt felt bad thinking this, but I, I didn't realize just the, this the state of the program. But they came on the court, and I was like, "Man, those look like in real jerseys." The what they're wearing. <laughs> I mean, they were Nike jerseys, but they were screen printed. They weren't stitched. Um, I was like, "Man, this is like something that we would we would have made like that would have been like cool intramural jerseys." But not for a Division One basketball team. I think Ken Pomeroy out of 353 teams, they were ranked 353 or 353, I should say. Um, they played zone exclusively, a two-three zone, pretty much. Um, First time we've seen zone this year. <coughs> yeah, we moved it really well. I don't. It wasn't a very good zone. We had no. We had no problem getting it in into the middle. Had a lot of wide open shots. We just weren't hitting them in the first half. Um, actually, it was a. It was. It was a game for the first 15 minutes. You know, it was kind of. We get up, then they would tie it, and they would get up a little bit, then we would come come back, and then um, I'd kind of notice really with with uh, about six minutes to play, Travion had come back in. He really had a he didn't the stats didn't show it, but he had a, he definitely provided a nice um, energy spark. He had a great offensive rebound that kind of reminded me a lot of Biggie, um, just going just went up and just got it with one hand and put it back. Um, so I think just from an effort standpoint, he definitely got the team going. Um, with like six minutes to go, I noticed we only had about three fouls. And I, I definitely tell you, we kind of ramped up the defensive pressure and that definitely bothered Chicago state a lot because then we kind of went on a little run, got up double digits. Um, still we're missing some bunnies. It was like, this, the, this, the frustrating part where I think it just comes from not having proven uh, scores on this team. I mean, we, we knew guys, we have guys who can score, but there's no one who we're confident, you know, is going to hit the shot every single time. Like we've, like we've been spoiled with the last couple of years. Um, <clears throat> but we had because we were moving the ball well. Wheeler missed some wide open shots. Um, Sasha missed a couple open threes. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I know Isaiah hit a few in the first half. Missed one in the first half. I think he uh, ended up with five three pointers, which is tied mm-hmm. a Big Ten freshman record. That really <clears throat> surprised me that they've never had a freshman hit at least six threes in the game. Yeah, no kidding. Um, it was good to see him score. It just, it, again, it was one of those games where it doesn't matter. I know. This is a game, as we've heard, that Purdue doesn't like to play just because it does nothing for you. But it was an Emerald uh, Classic campus game, so we had to play it. This is not a game that pretty, you'll see pretty willingly schedule. Um, it was good to see Isaiah just see the ball go through. He did have a couple air balls. I think he had two air balls. He was five or ten from three. Um, good to see him hit some shots because, you know, I mean, it's just going to hopefully kind of give him validation and give him confidence moving forward because we're going to need him, I'm sure, in some part. I can see him offering a little – spark here and there i think he's gonna be definitely be a kid you know next year or two that he's gonna have that type of carson range where he's just gonna you know walk in the gym and be in range um aaron wheeler played really i mean he played pretty well i still like to see him kind of make that next step i think me and a lot of other fans kind of built him up just from what we saw last year but he still kind of learned to take in that more prominent role and uh he struggled a little bit um but he had a double double. I mean, I, it was a very quiet double double. I kind of looked at the stats in the first half, and he had like seven rebounds before the end of the first half. And I was like, "Holy crap!" I had no idea it was that close already. Um, he played. Well, Matt Harms only played 15 minutes. We just didn't need him. Only Sasha, one shot attempt. One shot attempt. Um, had some nice rebounds. Sasha didn't play in the second half. I think there was an injury there. Not really sure. Um, but you saw. I mean, some of the younger guys get some minutes. I, I really think we're going to like Proctor a lot. I think he's going to have to be – him and Eric Hunter, I was really happy with. Um, Hunter kind of uh, took on that scoring, kind of just taking it to, on himself to to go and score the basket. Had a really nice dunk that I did not see coming. Evan Boudreaux dunked, which I yeah. definitely – no one saw that coming. Um no, Joe had a dunk. Like I said, text you guys. I think he dunked on the entire there city of Chicago. Highlights today on the Weatherball yeah. Twitter. It, it was fun. It was fun. The second half was fun just because it was kind of got to see. I mean, Tommy Luce got in with about six minutes he left. Pretty darn good, at about dude. Four, that kid. Five. That kid can ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, 
I mean, he's the type of kid that if we played him in intramurals, because you and I played oh. intramurals at Purdue, and uh, we were famously uh, not good at all. Embarrassingly um, bad. Embarrassingly bad. Um, <laughs> we had fun, though. We had fun. But if, if Tommy Luce was on the other team, he would have put 30 on us easily, like without breaking a sweat. Like he, a kid would have crossed up every single person on our team twice. I would have paid to see some <laughs> guys, including myself, just <laughs> – um, but he had some great drives, like kind of driving, jumping, and you know, dishing off underneath to someone. Um, Emmanuel Juona got his first action. He had a dunk. It sounded like he looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I forgot how big he is. I mean, like I, you, see, you see him like just when you actually saw him in full uniform. The dude's big, and he's gonna be athletic. Um, if he can kind of put it all together, he could be a pretty nice little piece for us. Um, the walk-ons got in, which is cool. But it was just good to see. You know, I mean. It was one of those games that just doesn't matter, but hopefully can build some confidence in some things. But we didn't really get a chance to really work on anything. We like we didn't really feed it inside because it was kind of so they were they were throwing a zone at us. So it was a lot of just trying to find the open space and taking it from there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, now Purdue um, only one game this week. It's Saturday mm-hmm. at Mackey, eight o'clock. I don't know even if it's televised i have not seen anything about the about the tele- probably big 10 plus though or maybe yeah. espn3 um yeah. but they are hosting the jacksonville state gamecocks another one of those on-campus tournament games like chicago state um let me pull up the gamecock schedule here they're one and two and i know i know isaac haas wished that we would schedule these guys when he played because they're from right where he is or he really right where he's from. Hmm. They're, they're from. They're located. Oaks Bluff, Alabama. Yeah, sure. Is that where <laughs> I was from? Yes. Okay. Uh, I knew he's from Alabama. I could have told you what town. But uh, they lost that SMU 74-65. They beat a team called Recessia. Recessia? I've never heard of them. 125-55. to 55. Oh, my and God. And they lost at VCU 93-65. Hey, we play VCU in a couple weeks. Yes. Next week, next Friday. Yes. Yes, down at nine o'clock Friday night game. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would think the Boilers can win this game without a yeah. problem, and then uh, get ready for the schedule to really get ramped up next week. Mm-hmm. So, we, we, with a week to prepare, you'll probably see a lot of more of actual just practice. What do you hope can happen in this week? Which is nice. I know, kind of last year we saw the same thing where we just you during this time of year, you don't get a chance to really work on anything as a team is kind of more just preparing for the next opponent. But now that we have a little bit of a break. What do you hope can kind of get worked out? I don't want to see him shoot as many threes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even though they found their stride and stuck half the other day, that's a lot of three point attempts. Yeah, it I, just, I just don't know if this is that what this team's identity needs to be. Right. I want, I want them to work in the post a lot more um, mm. working from inside outs, um, just limit turnovers. Just sloppiness, just you know, and it's still early in the season. I know everybody's mm-hmm. trying to find their footing, their identity, but I just want to see these some of these veteran guys. I'm gonna throw Aaron Wheeler in there. Wheeler, Easter, mm-hmm. not only get it going, but continue to get it going. Get some, mm-hmm. get some consistency going because uh, we we gotta find who our go-to guys are. Who I want somebody to merge, especially next week when it's VCU mm-hmm. and either Florida State or Tennessee. I want somebody to merge to want the ball late mm-hmm. when it gets tight and games get. Tough situations because so far in the two tight situations Purdue's been in, they failed. Mm-hmm. Texas and Marquette, late under four minutes in each 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 case. So maybe that's your hot Proctor. I don't know. Somebody just got it. I know you're not having. We don't have an alpha yeah. like Carson. He's right. a one in thirty year yeah. player, twenty year player, whatever. Um, but somebody's got to step up there. Maybe I, want, arms. I don't. Know. I want it to be Proctor. I, I mean, I, I think it has to be a guard. I mean, it's because you just can't. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know we kind of did a lot with Hammonds, where we would just give it to Hammonds because he was our same with Biggie. We would just give it to Biggie. And he, they were kind of our um, kind of our go-to. I don't know where I'm I've drawn a blank. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like it has to be a guard. Yeah, I want it to be Proctor. I think the guy who wants to do it and who might do it is Hunter. I just don't know if he's there yet physically. I mean, I. I just can I can just see him just getting absolutely just bodied up by like a Cassius Winston if it, if it comes I think down. Hunter's done a pretty good job. I think he's done great too. I, I just I just think he's just not quite there. I mean, I think he can, he's very shifty. I think when he can get in space, he's really good. But it's just that I don't think he can create enough space on his own like a Proctor could. Because like I mean, like Carson, he was so good because he was just a bowling ball. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just a running back. And that's kind of how Proctor is just a big guard who's a big guard who can just kind of body up someone and get to line. Cause Proctor can hit free throws as we've seen. Thank God someone yeah. can. Um, so I would love it to be Proctor, but hopefully he can step it up. I think it's going to be Proctor or Hunter. I think there are two guys. Yeah. Hunter's Hunter's impressed me a lot this year. He's really yeah. improved a lot from last year. So, mm-hmm. but I'm still feeling pretty good about the season. Oh yeah. Two and two start. I mean, I'd love to be. Yeah, too bad Andrew John because he had some, he was, he had some hot takes. He was oh, gonna, he hates sure. Marquette. Yeah, being a Butler yeah. grad, he hates Marquette. But uh, yeah, Andrew, for those who joined later or are listening to the podcast or just joined watching this simulcast, Andrew was out with some technical difficulties tonight. That's why we came on so late. Yeah. We apologize for that. Hopefully, <laughs> that cleaned up for next week. But uh, any closing thoughts? Oh, man. Let's go two and zero on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, let's boiler up, hammer if down. You, hold on, I got a question. If you had, if we had to go one and one, which one would you choose? Oh my god! Oh, right. <laughs> oh, that's tough because. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, I'd probably choose basketball. Yeah, just because I, I feel uh, like that that loss would just be. Because I think that that could ruin the whole season. Um, yeah, be two absolutely. and three. Uh, the confidence will be down in football. You lose, you can still win the bucket. It's just been a hard season to watch anyways from the injury standpoint, but man, it would be nice to go up there, shock the world. And then that bucket game would be really intriguing mm. and we could make another bowl potentially, but uh, good question, but I don't like you putting me on. The <laughs> but, My dad uh, asked me that a couple weeks ago, the Northwestern Texas game. He asked me right after the Texas yeah, game and yeah. I was very just, just down. I, I, would, yeah. I said I would have rather won the basketball game. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't know, but yeah, I would choose basketball for this weekend too, just because. Yeah, I think the long-term uh, effects. Yeah, the football loss is kind of just like okay, we kind of expected that, but losing to Jacksonville State at home, dropping a second game at Mackey, yeah, yeah, I don't want to experience that. And one, one more note, <laughs> I meant to mention. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I we need to wrap this thing up. But uh, mm-hmm. football did ha- lose a commit today, uh, uh, four-star yeah. cornerback from Texas, Christian Gonzalez brother-in-law of David Blau. It was rumored for the last few weeks that he was going to do it, and he did it today. He flipped his commitment to Colorado, uh, and you said they supposedly told him he could potentially play both ways. Yeah. Defense. But Colorado's putting together, they're putting together a heck of a recruiting class all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Hats off to Mel Tucker. Stinks for Purdue, but uh, that's why they've been offering some four-star and three-star junior college cornerbacks and defensive mm-hmm. backs. Makes sense now. Yep. Kind of still right on the wall, but unfortunate. But Purdue still got a great class so far for 2020. Hopefully they don't lose any others. Now they can add another piece, and hopefully they get everybody signed here in the next just couple weeks. The, Speaking of signing, all three basketball commits are signed. Yep. I can yep. rest easy now. Yep. So we're good to go there. Yeah. Um, but with that said, like us on Facebook, uh, Boiler Breakdown, and at, you can follow us at Twitter and at on Twitter and on Instagram <laughs> at Boiler Break Pod. Please uh, like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you listen to on Apple Play, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. Uh, but with that said, Evan, let's boiler up, hammer down, somehow find a way to beat the battle, <laughs> and take care and beat the Gamecocks. Boiler up. Tanner Lee here of the Boiler Breakdown podcast. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a follow on social media. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Boiler Break Pod, and follow us on Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. And make sure to listen and subscribe to the Boiler Breakdown on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, boiler up, hammer down.